An another really good one too is workman's comp. So if you got a bunch of employees, you can, you know, your workman's comp is based basically off of wages. So you can contact your workman's comp company and you can readjust your estimated wages going forward. And that will actually lower the amount of your workman's comp. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today I am here with Jesse Peralta from Chimcare. How are you, Jesse? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. And so you were on before recently, you were on episode 60, and then you got a hold of me because um, you heard some of the other uh, podcasts and stuff we've been doing online about the coronavirus thing. And you had an interesting story. It was that you are a board member of the National Chimney Sweep Guild. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yes. Yep. That is correct. Now, I know that most people didn't know there was a Chimney Sweep Guild, but uh, there is. And you guys have been talking about business kind of cost cutting measures and, and ways to, to do savings. I thought... Um, you know, when you mentioned that, uh, you thought that'd be good information people. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Right. Let's get a podcast together. You just talked to me yesterday and I was like, let's get this out now. Yeah. yeah. People need help now. So, uh, why don't we just get right into it? Why don't you give us a quick once over on who you are and what you do? And then we'll talk about how businesses can save money. You bet. So yeah, I'm the, the president and CEO of, of Chimcare. And uh, we're a chimney and fireplace company, and we service uh, the greater Portland area, and then I have locations in Seattle and uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And I sit on the board for the National Chimney Sweep Guild, and we just had a board meeting a couple days ago. And one of the things that we were discussing is how can we, you know, how can we help our members, you know, through this difficult time with COVID-19 and, and the economic, you know, impact um, that this is having with all of our businesses. And so one of the things that I came up with is, you know, I think it'd be a really good idea if we came up with, you know, some cost saving measures of how uh, our members and, um, and then any small business really this this applies to is how do you reduce cost because income is dropping you know super fast phone calls are you know nil to none uh, but we still have overhead right and we still have uh, right. a business and we still have to find a way to make it to the end of the tunnel so we can live uh, you know and fight for another day and, and keep our businesses going and so I've already have started you know implementing a lot of different costs you know saving measures and so that's why I thought hey I'll reach out to you and let's chat about this because I know this would be great for um, for your listeners as well, and anybody that's a that owns a small business, I mean, this is crucial. And so, I'm really excited um, that you had me on your podcast, I'm, and I'm really excited to be able to share some of the things that I've been doing um, that have made a, a an impact, you know, for my business, and that'll help me obviously get to the end of this tunnel. Right, and we had talked a little bit before the show about kind of how long the expectation is of you know, the, the economic downturn from this. And I know we have a little bit, you know, slightly different, you know, ranges that we were talking about. Um, but, you know, I've seen forecasts of people saying all the way into next spring. Um, I know that you were talking about, you know, it's going to be until probably fall when things get not, not even really back to normal, but just kind of close to normal. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, my expectation is it's going to depend on what sector that you're in, obviously. Uh, but I mean, for restaurants and bars and stuff like that, I think you're going to, I think you need to give the expectation that back to normal is going to be 70% of what it was before. Um, you know, and that could take several months. I think direct consumer brand is going to do a lot better more quickly. I think housing is going to rebound really strong in the summertime, uh, as well as construction. And, uh, you know, business to business, I think is going to follow later. So that might be more September, November kind of time frame. Um, I'm not sure. Um, so your projections are, you know, kind of in the fall time frame. Is I don't know if like is that just an estimate or I don't know what you're basing that on so much. Is that is that yeah. for your industry? Yeah. So you know, for me, I'm looking at it from from my industry, right? So our busy season starts up in September. And so I feel that, you know, between now and September, it's going to be super difficult, not just for my industry, but I think for really everyone. And I think it's going to take some time. And and this is where me and you might differ, differ a little bit, putting my industry aside, whenever you have a um, an economic downturn like what we're having right now, even though this is new uncharted territory, whenever you have this type of a downturn, I think there's always going to be a lag of, of when it's going to take for things to get back to, to normal, right? right. Where consumers are going to be back spending money and, and living life like they were prior to this COVID-19. And so I have a really strong feeling that, I mean, depending on who you listen to, some people say it's going to be like a V-shaped recovery and we're going to come zooming back and everything's going to be back to normal. And then you have, you know, more economic economic uh, individuals that kind of look at this and say, no, nah, th- th- this is going to take some time to really recover from this. Even though this really isn't like, like the housing bubble back in 2008, right. this is something totally different being that it's, uh, you know, it's an epidemic. Um, so there's a lot of conflicting things. And, but the way I'm looking at it is I, I really need to plan for kind of a worst case scenario, right? Hopefully it's not worst case and hopefully in, you know, three to four months, everything's back to normal and, and, and life goes on and, and life is great. But, you know, there, we do have to recognize that there is that chance that that's not going to be the case. And, and it could take until maybe next, sometime next year for us to fully recover. And so I'm kind of taking this as a worst case scenario and plan for the worst and let's hope for the, for, for the best, you know? Yeah. And I, I honestly, you know, like when I say recovery, I don't think it's ever going to recover to where it was just before this, at least I mean, I shouldn't say ever, but it's not going to recover in like a year or two to where we were before this. Cause that was like, like, I don't know if you remember like the nineties and, and kind of the boom that was going on before the, um, you know, before the, the dot-com dropout and, you know, it was very similar, right? That. People were, you know, it, it was so easy for businesses to make money because everybody had a job. Unemployment was really low. Population was booming. You know, everything was going great. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a huge reduction in the worldwide population. Like usually economic slumps and stuff don't affect as many countries at once. I know it kind of did in the mortgage dropout, but you know, this is worldwide. Right. And right. you got to remember if like as many as a couple percent drop in population is going to happen um, for a short period, right? For a couple of years. 
you're going to get, what was it people call it? The the COVID baby boom or the COVID boom? Because everybody's at home, so they're all going to have oh, babies right. in 10 months, right? <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but yeah, I, yeah, I that, can see yeah. that. <laughs> it's going to be the next baby boom after, right? Because everybody's stuck inside. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, I think I think if you look at the numbers from a purely statistical standpoint, um, there could be as much of a population reduction worldwide as 100 million people. It's absurd, right? Oh, How many yeah. people that is. Yeah, that's but crazy. you also got to remember there's 7 or 8 billion people on the planet, right? So, yeah, it's hard to say how much effect that's going to have. But it's probably not good, right? Right, right. There's also, there's a lot of, um, like, when you have to furlough or lay off employees, it takes time to get employees back. They don't always come back right away. There's a lot of retraining. There's a lot of cost training. Yep. Companies are going to be slow to rehire generally. Yep. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I think you're right. In a lot of that stuff is going to be slower than normal. But I think in some industries, even like right now, like the grocery market, delivery market, all of that stuff is booming right now. So there are some industries that are picking up and... Yeah, you know that will help lessen the economic impact because the industries will be picking up some of the slack from other industries that are failing. Um, you know, but also there's terrible things. I mean, I know um, I can't remember. I think it was Rock Bottom is the name of the company that owns like Rock Bottom and Old Chicago and all these places. Okay, yep. They were already in bankruptcy protection, and like a couple of days ago, they just said, "Well, we can't do it anymore. We're 100 percent bankrupt." They closed the doors and they laid off 18,000 people. Wow. And with no benefits or healthcare or Cobra insurance or anything, they're just like done. They're like, we, there's no money left. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is terrible too. But I think before we get all doom and gloom, I think we need to talk about how companies can save some money and how they can get keep some business continuity here. So why don't you talk about some of the ideas that you guys came up with uh, around some cost savings for businesses? Yeah, definitely. So... You know, one of the things I did as I as I really kind of just started looking at, you know, my employees and what I could do, you know, recognizing that, hey, my phone calls are down 80 percent. You know, we, we've, we go into customer's house to provide a service. And so a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that, given the circumstances that we're in. And so we, we've been seeing, you know, obviously customers cancel, um, you know, almost every day we got somebody canceling. Now, on the bright side, we still are getting free phone calls, you know, a little bit. And we still are getting people um, that are scheduling and having us do some work. So we're, we're still an essential business uh, and right. able to, you know, service the, the community. But one of the first things I did is recognizing that, hey, phone calls are, are rapidly dropping is, you know, you have to basically adjust to that. And so we went and took our technicians and I asked anybody if they wanted to have, you know, to be voluntarily laid off who didn't maybe feel comfortable right. um, working in this environment. And so I had a couple people that volunteered to just, um, you know, go on unemployment. And so we let those people um, have that choice. And then I took the rest of the employees and basically I gave them, started giving them three day work weeks and shortened our schedule down to four days so we can start building more of a tighter fuller schedule than having a schedule that's all spotty. Um, And then we made adjustments with our office staff. We got some people, you know, some of the gals are working from home and um, we adjusted and shortened the amount of hours that they're working. So basically in short, no one's working overtime. We reduced some hours and tried to adjust the schedule so we can have them work more fuller days um, because we have less appointments now. That was the first step. 
you know, something along those lines. And, and this is something that we heard early on from um, our local Hillsborough Chamber of Commerce is they said, um, you know, there is probably going to be stuff coming down the pipe. And, and there has been now like the PPP, the Payment Protection Program. Yep. That actually starts tomorrow when we're recording this. So I'm going to try and get this podcast out by tomorrow so that when people are listening to it, they know it's available. But we can talk about that. But but what we were told is that there is going to be a huge wave of people applying for unemployment. So if we're going to furlough any staff, we better do it now. So we furloughed our part-time development staff um, so that they could apply for unemployment early. And, uh, you know, that was a couple weeks ago now. And in that last two weeks, uh, something like 3 million people have applied for unemployment just in the last two weeks alone. So we were able to kind of help your people jump the gun. Right. Um, and that's expected to hit 10 million. Yeah. So, you know, if people want to take voluntary furlough or layoff, now's the time to do it. You don't want to be doing that a month from now because that's going to be tough for them to get in the system and get processed and get a check in their hand. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I did this like you, you know, back a few weeks ago and I just get basically said, okay, this is the plan. You go and apply, you know, we'll finish out your week. So that way they were still working, gave them a chance to apply and get, get it set up without having, you know, without me blindsided them. Um, And so that helped uh, just to do a voluntary thing because you know I still got a lot of employees that want to work and don't want to you know be furloughed. So that was the first uh, initiative that I did is is adjust the schedule, adjust the hours, right. um, and then uh, that was the first step. So my next step that I did is you know I have a pretty you know decent sized service company, so I have a lot of vehicles and I have a lot of payments that I'm making um, on my vehicles. So. I work with, you know, a couple different, um, you know, banks and, um, you know, like Ally Bank and Ford Credit, Nissan and so forth. And um, one of the things that I did is I called each one of them and I just said, hey, you know, I'm seeing the economic, you know, downturn in my business. The phone calls are dropping and I need to get forbearance um, on my loan payments. And all three of the companies that I work with, they were very, very easy to work with. And we were able to basically, you know, stop payments on the vehicles for the next three months and then reevaluate it and start back on. And then those payments just get added to the end of the loan. And so that allows me to kind of free up some cash flow. Um, being able to kind of push those payments um, out. So I would recommend anybody that's listening, if you have an auto payment, that's the, I would start that right away. Um, Those uh, companies are getting a flood of phone calls. So, I mean, I was on hold for, you know, 45 minutes uh, each, each one that I called. And so. um, Right. And I think the same with equipment loans and stuff too. They don't necessarily have to be vehicle loans. Right. Right. Anything that you have a loan with. Um, and that could even be, you know, your, uh, you know, credit lines as well. Right. Um, so anything that you make a loan payment on, uh, that's something that you could get, you know, a forbearance on and help to kind of reduce that cost and help kind of float you through, you know, the next, the, the next few months. One thing uh, I heard also is talking about credit lines is that the banks will be reevaluating the amount of equity in homes because the price of the homes, the projected value of them may go down in some areas. Um, so they could freeze credit lines. So if that's something that you're like relying on, like saying, Oh, well, you know, things are going to be fine. Cause I got $50,000 of home equity line credit waiting. 
probably want to start looking at making a backup just in case. No, you, know, it, you don't want to be counting it, on the one thing. Yes. And you make a good point. Cause I, I actually have a couple, couple different credit lines and I drew down um, my credit lines and literally within a couple of weeks, I had one of them um, send out an email that they were suspending all credit lines. So, right. so um, that that's going to happen because, you know, banks um, and lenders, I mean, they're just as nervous and scared as well. And the last thing they want to do is have people pull out a bunch of cash and then not pay it back or go right. bankrupt. So, um, so yeah, so that was another thing that I, you know, did as, did, did as well is, you know, I, I did draw down on some credit lines. So that way I had some, you know, cash in the bank. Um, so if I had to use it, I had it there. And right. I, I also kind of, I'm not surprised that one of the credit lines that they stopped, uh, allowing people to pull credit because I mean, I, I saw the writing on the wall. I knew that was probably going to happen. So I'm glad right. I actually pulled that cash out just so I have in re- reserves in case I need it. It's there to, to, to help. So um, <clears throat> the other thing that I did and I wasn't sure what type of help that I could get, but as I'm, you know, looking, looking through my P and L and all the different expenses and trying to figure out what I could do to help, you know, reduce the amount of, uh, money that's flowing out of the business, you know, I even called our phone company. So I called like AT&T and I called Verizon right. and um, got them to as well, basically um, suspend uh, the next couple of months of payments. And then that will, money that I don't pay will basically get divided up over like six months and then I'll pay that money back. But that at least allows for the next few months for me to, you know, reduce that, you know, money going out and then spread it out when things hopefully are turning around. Good. And I don't know if this is also on your list, so I hope I'm not jumping on one of the things you already came up with, but um, as a marketing agency, we have a ton of software programs that we use like SaaS products as software as a service. So we have, you know, we have SEO tracking software. We have, I mean, five or six different kinds of software like that. We have uh, billing software and payroll software and CRM software and all these software products that we use. Yep. Um, a lot of companies have stuff like Salesforce and Fusionsoft. You might have like, who knows, Kajabi, streaming software, all these things. Um, we went to our higher cost um, software providers and said, hey, do you have any programs right now that we could take advantage of, you know, that we could get? Um, I, I usually try to say abatement, which is, you know, can you give us a deal, a discount or, or not bill us, but let us still use it for the next few months kind of thing. And we've been pretty successful with that. Um, we've saved over a thousand dollars on software for the next three months. Nice. Uh, just from, from messaging them and calling them. Yep. And, uh, we've also had a couple of them where they are letting us use it, but suspending, um, the payments still, um, which I guess is technically free months. Right. And we've also had some of them say that, um, they could basically defer the payments, just like you're talking about, where they would take three months worth of payments, then they'll split it up over the next six months or something after that. Um, we haven't been taking those. We've been just saying, can we get a discount or a deal? Um, you know, otherwise we're just paying it anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, we some of our software, we got three months free. Some of it, we got a month free. Some of it, we got a 20 to 40% discount on. So yeah, like I said, we saved... Over a thousand dollars, probably when all said and done, we'll probably save fifteen hundred bucks on software just That's from great. reaching out. And yeah. uh, you only took a couple hours of work, so yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. And those are all things that you know 
we ha- we have to do as business owners, right? Because yeah, um, with them, with you know, especially for a service company, you know, when your income is basically cut in half within a matter of a couple weeks, then you know, your bills they're st- they still come due, <laughs> so right. they don't they and don't I've go away. Heard that across the board about a fifty percent drop for almost all service businesses. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about, about what it's at at the moment. Um, and hopefully it doesn't get any worse. So, yeah. But, uh, so some additional things, you know, that I've also have done as well is, you know, we have a couple different leases, uh, for a location. So, you know, reached out to the landlords, um, spoke to them and, um, was able to, to work with them to re- either reduce the rent or do a forbearance, uh, for the next few months as well. Uh, so that's something that I would uh, highly recommend if you're in a, in a lease uh, or a loan, uh, to obviously do that right. as well. Um, I know you're, you're multi-state, but Oregon just brought down, I believe it was yesterday, last night or this morning, that commercial tenants can't be kicked out for non-payment of rent on their uh, commercial properties right now. Oh, that's great. Very, I, I did very know similar. That. Yeah. yeah, I think I just saw it about three hours ago. So like I said, you know, the news is coming in fast and furious lately, so it's hard to keep up with everything. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, Definitely. So, you know, the other thing, and this is something that a lot of company, you know, a lot of things I've already mentioned, I'm sure people have have already, hopefully have already done. Uh, if they don't, then this will be good information for them. But an- another really good one, too, is workman's comp. So if you got a bunch of employees, you can, you know, your workman's comp is based basically off of wages. So you can contact your workman's comp company and you can readjust your estimated wages going forward forward and that will actually lower the amount of your workman's comp so that's right. something that you can do as well that's a good idea and along those lines with workman's comp there's you know also general uh, liability um, because that's based on projected revenue so right. contact in whoever your carrier is and readjusting either projected revenue for the year um, can also you know lower that uh, you know that expense as well yeah it's also you know what Great time to call not only your insurance company, but also call another agent and get a quote on, you know, your new reality, right? Yep. And you can say, look, I now have this many employees and this many vehicles, and this is our projected revenue and get a quote on your insurance. And it might be a hell of a lot cheaper than what you were paying already. Exactly. Yep. Now is definitely probably probably a good time to to reevaluate um, the companies that you're working with and uh, get some quotes. I mean, it doesn't hurt to go out there and chat with a few different brokers, a few different companies, and uh, do some comparison pricing and uh, and make a switch uh, if necessary. And I think now is a perfect time uh, to start looking at that because a lot of times. You know, we get accustomed to just staying with one one carrier or, mm-hmm. or just working with one broker, but that also could te- you know potentially limit you uh, in in some additional savings just because you get comfortable and business as usual and is kind of out of sight, out of mind. So now's a perfect time to do all that reevaluation of thing of things for right. sure. I know a good good business story about this, and it's pretty quick. Yep. It's. Um, this guy, uh, I believe it was the guy who wrote the book, The $6,000 Egg, which is a customer service and experience book. But um, uh, his name escapes me off the top of my head. But anyways, he went to the bank, right? And this is like years ago. And they they had like a table set up with all these 
um, like toasters and coffee makers and stuff on it. And his kid asked him, you know, hey, what are those for? Right. And he's like, oh, well, if you start a new account, they give you one of those. And and she goes to him, well, what do you get? And he's like, well, nothing. Right. Because <laughs> right. I've been here a long time. <laughs> so a lot of companies, they the only the only time you get a break on price or you get any kind of like bonus or anything from them is when you first sign up and right. then they don't care about you anymore after that. Right. Right. So it's right. a good idea to to not only keep in touch with your clients. Right. Yep. And, and, and your customers, but also, you know, to, to, if you haven't heard from your insurance agent in a long time, you know, it might be time to think about switching. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that, um, you know, I liked my previous insurance agent and everything, but, um, my guy, Alan Benson, who's not only a great insurance agent, but a fantastic blues guitarist, by the way, um, he runs Benson insurance agency. And for my personal insurance, uh, we have three cars and my home insurance, and he saved me $1,200 a year. Nice. So one phone call is definitely worth it. I mean, if you can save that much money. Um, and yeah. a lot of times you just, you you don't know what's out there, right? Right. And uh, the other thing is, not only did I save $1,200, but um, my house had only been insured to what the previous value was, which is almost half of what it is now. So now my house is actually insured for what it's worth, like the replacement value. And it still cost me less money. So there might be a better deal out there. Um, so I would always shop around for stuff like insurance uh, if you can. And uh, so, Jesse, do you have uh, – I'm not sure how many tips you have. I guess I didn't ask for a number up front. But. Uh, you know, I think I only have maybe maybe two more. So Sure. You know, let's, let's have them. All right. Let's do it. The other thing is, you know, contact your, your suppliers. Um, mm-hmm you know, where you, where you buy supplies for your business. Um, I've talked to a couple different, you know, manufacturers and suppliers um, that supply us with different parts and, and so forth. And, you know, the discounts are available because their business is slow too. So they're having less people buy from them. So this is a perfect time. If you have a little bit of extra cash is to maybe do a little wheeling and dealing and purchase a little bit of inventory at a discounted rate. Um, and that's something that, that I've been able to do. The other thing I've been able to do as well is in my business is we get, there's like a MSRP for like, let's say fireplaces, right? Right. And so we get X amount discount off the MSRP. And so this is a perfect time to go to those manufacturers and to get that uh, rate changed so you can have a larger savings. And so what I have have found is, you know, because their business is slow as well, they're a little bit more um, apt to, you know, extend a little bit more of a discount because they want your business and they want to have, you know, they don't want stuff sitting in their warehouses. They'd rather have them moving out. So now's right. a good time to try to take advantage of uh, some additional discounts that you might not be able to get just due to the situation that we're in. Sure. That's a really good, um, especially if you can pass on a lot of those savings to your clients and then you can kind of generate some more business, right? Cause you can be like, Hey, well, you know, it's, it's even cheaper now than it was before. Right. Now it's time to get that, you know, get that gas fireplace cleaned. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, those are, you know, those are the things that I've have, uh, have implemented uh, with my business, you know, that uh, definitely is going to help me, you know, move forward and kind of get through the next few months. And 
Um, I think it's a really good time that for people just to kind of reevaluate um, their expenses. And, you know, a lot of time, well, hopefully, you know, as a good business owner, we're always looking at our P&L and balance sheet and all that. But uh, if you aren't, you know, now is a good time to just kind of look through that uh, P&L and, and get really familiar with what expenses are going out each month. And if there's, you know, if there's, a, you know, and think about if there's a way that you can reduce that expenditure, um, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to really kind of dig deep into your business um, and really kind of focus and and just kind of look at it from a different perspective now that you're forced to. And hopefully that can create some good positive, um, you know, habits and uh, that you can continue to do going forward, even in good economical times to really help increase your profitability. So I really encourage people to really take the time to, you know, get with their tax accountant or their bookkeeper and just kind of really go through all the different line items and, and really look at, you know, are we with the right companies? Are we doing business with the right vendors? And uh, really kind of reevaluate the business. So it can make some good educated decisions and, uh, you know, make it to the, to, to the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I 100% agree. And also it's a good, good time to, um, you know, I know I mentioned software earlier. It's a good time to look at your subscriptions, yep. uh, both your personal and your business ones and say, you know, do I really need that? you know, whatever it is right now, or is that something I can pick up later? Is it something I can put on hold for a few months, right? And maybe bring it back when I need it. Uh, also, as a marketing agency, I 100% think that you should be out there right now getting your website updated to say that you're still open, if you are still open, or how do people do business with you right now? Good point. Um, like, I want, when I when I look at a business right now, the first message that comes up when you Google something uh, is uh, these hours may not be correct. Like it says that above every single business listing on Google. Yep. So you need to be able to have people click on your website, and find out you are open and what your new hours currently are, or if they're any different than they were before. And if they're not different than they were before, you should tell them that too. You should say, Hey, we're still same hours, you know, business as usual for us. Cause we're a, you know, mandatory service or whatever. Right. Um, there's also, uh, it's a good idea to hit your mailing list, right? Or get that customer list. If you have never sent out a marketing email in your life, get that customer list exported and into something like MailChimp or whatever, uh, and, and fire out an email to all your clients and say, Hey, we are open. We are currently booking between Tuesdays and Fridays, or if you're a restaurant, you know, Hey, we do takeout from 10 AM to 6 PM every day. And we're, you know, we can call if you want curbside service or, you know, if we do local shipping or free freight or any of that kind of stuff, that stuff needs to be on your website, needs to be available because all the information on Google and stuff like that now isn't accurate anymore. And even if it is, Google is telling people it might not be accurate. Yep. So you have to make sure you get that stuff updated. A couple other things I wanted to quickly point out. Um, the Paycheck Protection Program starts tomorrow, which will be April 3rd. And um, it's for businesses with less than 500 employees, including sole proprietors and independent contractors and self-employed persons. Uh, also includes private nonprofit organizations, 501C19s, that's uh, veteran organizations. and you have to apply through a federally insured depository institution or a credit union or a farm credit system. So that's basically your bank. 
right? So you need to apply through a bank or a credit union. Um, if you go to the sba.gov website, they have the payment protection program. A lot of people now just call it PPP. So the PPP is an SBA loan that helps businesses keep their workforce employed. And there are some requirements for it. Um, you will need to get employees kept on the payroll for eight weeks. And then the money that is used for payroll, rent, mortgage, interest, and utilities, some of that may be forgivable. I believe it's up to 75%. So that's money that you would get now to pay your employees and your staff. And then eventually you may not have to pay it all back. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great program. Just a couple things to add to that, Matt, is, you know, I talked to my banker. So I, I bank with uh, a couple different banks. And so I talked to mm -hmm. each of my bankers. And one of the things I thought that I had to make an appointment, go into the bank, sit down and talk to them, fill out an application. And that's just not the case. And so right. what I have found with both banks is that they are going to send out a link a link. So you basically, you got to inform them that you're interested in the program. They put you on a, on an email mail list and right. sometime tomorrow morning, Friday, they're going to send out this email with this link and that's how you're going to be able to apply. And so, um, I encourage anybody listening to this, contact your banker right in, right now, get on that list, get that link sent to you and apply as soon as possible. Because from what I hear, you know, there's only so much money that they're that allocating for this and right. the amount of small businesses that are going to be affected and that are going to be applying, you know, the, the projection is that this money is going to run out real fast. Yeah, there's also local grant programs that you can get. I know like the city of Hillsborough did a grant for Hillsborough businesses and they put aside half a million dollars for that and they had twice as many people apply for money as they had money. Yeah, um, right. They've already distributed that, and now they're actually doing another round that starts on April 7th. And I discovered, after applying for the first one, that you have to have a valid business license in the city, um, which, honestly, we had a business license for Hillsborough at some point. I don't know if we lost our renewal or what happened. But I contacted them. I was like, how can I get this fixed before I have to apply again? And they gave me a free business license. All I had to do was fill out the paperwork. Nice. So. Good. Yeah, so there's a lot of programs like that you can do. I know that Washington County has a grant program that's coming up soon. They haven't uh, released it yet, but they announced it through the Hillsborough Chamber. Um, so a lot of uh, every city out there more than likely has either a grant program or some kind of credit relief program. Um, you also might be able to get th something through your county. I know um, Portland in Oregon, there was Prosper Portland did a program where they, I believe they had enough money to give to something like 1,500, 2,000 businesses, but they had 10,000 apply. So, you know, getting in early on these things is important. Yes. Uh, talk to your local chamber of commerce. Uh, if you have SBA or something like that where you are, you can look on the uh, uh, website for the SBA, for the SBA uh, disaster loan program, which is different than the PPP. Um, there is nothing that says you can't apply for both as far as I know. Um, the disaster loan program is 2.75% interest for nonprofits, 3.75% for for profits. I don't believe that is forgivable, but it's up to a 30 year loan. Um, and it's just a couple pages of paperwork you got to do. You can also talk to your bookkeeper or your CPA. Most of them are helping people fill out that paperwork to make sure you get all the right information in. Um, so those are some other things that you can do right now. And uh, 
Jesse, I really appreciate you coming on. I think this is great information for you. A lot of things that I didn't think of that other people also probably have not thought of to keep business continuity going and, uh, you know, make sure that you guys update those websites and, and let people know. You use your social media. Let people know that you're open. Yep. You're ready to do business. And if you're not, tell them when you expect to be open again, if you're still offering gift certificates, discounts, deferments, all that kind of stuff. Talk to people, right? Communication's key. I, I agree 100%. Communication is is key. And uh, Matt, I really appreciate you having me on today. It's been great. And I uh, hope that uh, your listeners uh, can, can get some benefit from some of these ideas. So, Yeah, that's great. If you guys have an issue with your fireplace or your chimney, definitely contact ChimCare. Jesse will take care of you. And uh, let's keep some business flowing, uh, you know, uh, in Oregon and and all over the United States and the world because we're all in this together. It's not just one place that's affected. And uh, yeah, Jesse, again, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. All right, have a good day, Jesse. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.